This week on the Spiritual Gangsta Certified Podcast. Tropically, my moon would be in Virgo, but sidereally, it would be in Leo. So not only is there a shift of the planets into a different element, nine times out of 10, the planetary rulerships over uh, the houses shift. And also... Heather Morris claims Jennifer Lopez cut dancers from the audition because they were Virgos. And they had to leave after spending all day auditioning for Jennifer Lopez. You're now tuned into Spiritual Gangsta Certified, Illy Bish. This week, I talk a little bit about Virgo season and some things to remember. And I have a special chat and chill session with sidereal astrologer Pamela Jones from A Cosmic Corner Consulting. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Curious about your astrological energy and want to understand it better? Make sure you go to my site, spiritualgangstacertified.com, click on services, then readings, and book your reading today. Now you can conveniently pay for readings in four installments via Sezzle. And while you're at my site, make sure you sign up for the waitlist for courses. Now loading is Practical Astrology 101. What the fuck is it all about? You definitely don't want to miss. So get on the waitlist for this course because it's going to be super dope and help you to truly understand astrology, Western tropical astrology, and how to use it practically. Check it out today. For a limited time, use code GIVEMESGC for 15% off your reading. Hey, y'all. It's Virgo season. I don't know if a lot of you could tell or not, but it's definitely Virgo season. Um, I hope everybody is doing okay. What I wanted to do was basically go over some things um, that would be helpful for people during the sun's transit in the immutable earth sign of Virgo. So first of all, let's talk about this. Virgo, excuse me, gets a bad rap. I feel like I say that about every sign when I'm thinking about all the different things that I see online concerning them. But the critical and precise nature of Virgo is what a lot of people seem to have a problem with. But I want to remind people of everything. Number one, something that I feel like I say every episode is that we are all 12 signs. Every single person is all 12 signs. There's Virgo energy somewhere in the makeup of your energy. It may not be prominent. It may not be the biggest amount of energy that you have, but it's in there. It's in there. So um, basically, when I tell people to absorb the essence of what Virgo energy is like, I want them particularly to pay attention to separating what is necessary from what's not. We can have a bunch of shit, right? Taurus, actually, the earth sign, the first earth sign, but the sign in earth before Virgo is about what you have, your material possessions, your values, etc. right? You can have a lot of shit, but in order to get through the entire cycle of earth signs, 
Virgo is the second sign. Capricorn would be the last earth sign. So in order to get to practical Capricorns I use, knowing how to be useful, you have to determine should you keep or should you let go of some of the shit that you have? I hope this makes sense to people. Virgo's discriminating. There's a reason for this. It's not discriminating just for discrimination's sake. And what a lot of people don't realize about people with their sun in Virgo or with heavy Virgo energy in their charts is that that same critical nature that seems to poke and prod in everything, it's pushed inward for these people too. You may not know it. You may not be aware of it, but they're just as hard on themselves as they are on others, okay? That is something to remember, okay? Um, I know most people don't like being criticized. A lot of people don't take criticism well, but it's important to understand why Virgo is that way and why that's a very important energy um, to life's experience. So again, Virgo is mutable Earth, okay? Ruled by Mercury, just like Gemini is. But whereas Gemini is about collecting all the info, being open, talkative, exploring, you know, the Virgo side of Mercury is about what's important. What should we hold on to? Okay, reducing things to the lowest common denominator. And of course, Virgo is the sign of service. Okay? Virgo is adaptable. It's analytical. Very nitpicking. Okay? <laughs> it's careful and conscientious. It likes order. Likes to be organized. Pedantic. Critical. Can come off a little cool because of that. Cynical. Okay? Practical. Precise. Diligent and detailed. Productive. Discriminating. Discerning. Reserved. Efficient. Okay, fault finding. Now, one of the reasons that people get upset at Virgo energy is because of how fault finding it can be. Sometimes it may seem as if the fault is being found in others more than itself. But as a sign that is very committed to self-improvement and can have some self-doubt, okay, that fault finding is not just reserved for other people. This is what I need people to understand. They're fussy, <laughs> sensible, helpful, definitely hardworking, but can be highly strung. Now I'm saying there, and I want to correct myself in doing this because again, it's important to look at the signs as energies, okay? Not just Virgos, meaning sun sign Virgos, okay? <clears throat> this is the sign of humility. It's skillful and exacting. Um, like you have to be when you're a surgeon in order to have the precision necessary to get the job done. Intelligent, of course, can be standoffish. You got to think about it for a minute. Like if you notice everything and then in particular notice everything that's wrong because perfection is also associated with verbal energy. So you're probably going to be driven a little bit crazy 
by so much going on because you're going to see something wrong in everything. This is this is how that energy can get irritable, okay? This is also the sign of mental agility and being meticulous. Virgo's very systematic, okay? It's also very unassuming. Virgo's about the facts. Let me tell a quick story real quick. I notice this every year, and this is one of the things that I tell people to do, is to track, track their transits. Now, for some people, this is confusing, looking at where all the planets are in relation to their chart. So instead of telling you to track the transits of all the planets, start with the sun. I swear you'll notice something. Okay? I have Virgo energy. It's on my 12th house cusp, but it starts in my 11th house. And every year when Virgo season starts, first of all, it hits. I have a zero degree Mars in Virgo. Okay. And then I have a three degree Jupiter in Virgo. I also have a four degree Venus in Taurus and a three degree Capricorn moon. So I've got a grand earth trine. So Virgo season is activating all of that different energy right? Especially towards the beginning. And I feel it hit every year because something happens that I'm aware of now that I didn't used to be, but especially online, since we're talking about it being in my 11th house, the 11th house can also represent like the internet connecting people. People will comment on stuff on social media. And I legitimately am the sort of person that feels that you should say what you mean and mean what you say. A lot of people don't realize that they say things, but the way that they're saying them, the words that they use, don't really convey what they mean. So what they mean may be different from what they say. I'm only taking you at what you said. Okay? I had somebody get upset about a post that I put up, and uh, it was kind of funny because I was taking them at their words. It was something like, um, it was a post that said, it was, oh my gosh, why am I all over, the, all over the place with this? But it was a post and it said music um, to excite the white folk. Now, it was funny. I know people don't like stereotypes. They hate that race gets brought into a lot of different things. But every song on that playlist that it was a screenshot of, and I actually went to Spotify and looked up the actual playlist. In my experience, going to predominantly white school... Yes, those are songs that excite white folks. And there's nothing wrong with that. I like a lot of them songs. Someone was like, no, it should say songs that should excite everybody. Here's me and my Virgo energy. I read precisely what this person wrote. And I'm like, well, actually, everybody doesn't like the same music. Everybody doesn't have to. There's people that I know that would cringe and not listen to a single fucking thing on here. And then there are people that I know that would rock all the way through this playlist. Saying that people should like something implies that you're in control of deciding what people should like. It's an individual decision. So nope. And he got upset. Well, what I meant is that they're good songs, but that's not what you said. My Virgo energy came forth. I'm like, look, we don't need this extraneous bullshit that you're saying. If you meant, you know, these, I think these are good thong- songs. Ooh, I said thongs. Jesus. If you meant that, that's what you should have said. Simple. But that annoyed that person. And I can understand why. But 
I feel more sharp um, in Virgo season. Um, and I notice things even more than I usually do. And another thing I noticed, I put up like a short video about this. I'm going to include it here. <laughs> Interesting that this came up in Virgo season about Jennifer Lopez and her allegedly getting rid of dancers during an audition. Okay. If they were Virgos, peep it out, y'all. Hey, Virgos and people with a lot of Virgo placements in your birth chart. Did y'all see this? Heather Morris claims Jennifer Lopez cut dancers from the audition because they were Virgos. And they had to leave after spending all day auditioning for Jennifer Lopez. Wow. Heather Morris has claimed that Jennifer Lopez once eliminated a group of dancers from an audition because their astrological sign was Virgo. During Wednesday's episode of the Just Saying with Justin Martindale podcast, the 35-year-old actor recalled an experience where she auditioned to dance for Lopez on one of her tours. She claimed that while the Hustler star wasn't there for a majority of the audition, she did show up towards the end of it after rounds and rounds of dancers had already been cut. Mars also noted that even... The wait, that doesn't make sense. Morris also noted that even though she didn't see it firsthand, she said Lopez decided to ask the dancers about their astrological signs. She came in the very last part of it to like see the dancers that were left, meet everybody, Morris continued. And I wasn't there, so this is hearsay, but she walks in the room and she said, Thank you so much. You guys have worked so hard. By a show of hands, if there are any Virgos in the room, can you just raise your hand? The professional dancer noted that a bunch of dancers raised their hands to confirm that they were Virgos, which is the astrological sign for people born between the 23rd of August and the 22nd of September. Morris went on to claim that Lopez ultimately sent those performers home, explaining she whispered to her assistant. She looked at them and said, thank you so much for coming. After Martindale was shocked by the story, Morris added, and they had to leave after spending all day auditioning for Jennifer Lopez. When Martindale asked if the event was true or not, Morris said it was hearsay, but still true. Okay, we get it, J-Lo. Your ex, Mark Anthony, is a Virgo. Did that perhaps have something to do with your aversion to Virgos? But I think it's important to point something out. Something very important that's missed here. Yes, I can see you having a problem with sun sign Virgos. But what about people like me? What if I was one of those people that tried out to dance for you? I'm a Pisces. But guess what? My chart is Virgo dominant. If you was only asking for people's sun signs, you still probably had to deal with some Virgo energy and didn't even know it. Because that's the most prominent energy in my little Pisces chart. Just saying. There's way more to a person's energy than their sun sign. Astrology is real, y'all. I'm not going to go all into J-Lo's chart right now. Um, I'm noticing in a lot of places, unknown birth time, like um, Astro.com has said at noon, since they don't know birth time. Um, This is going to be something that I talk about um, in the future with the Astro G uh, ladies roundtable. But um, just additional thoughts to what I was saying, you know, Virgo energy can be emanating from someone who's not a Virgo sun. 
Um, so the impact and the recognition of what you don't like about Virgos could very well apply to somebody else like myself. I was a whole Pisces out here, the opposite sign of Virgo. But just a reminder to take into account the whole chart. Um, and when you're doing that, you're doing yourself such a service. You're getting to see real astrology in action that transcends just talking about sun signs or listing your big three. For instance, since we're talking about being precise, I challenge everybody, know your placements, but also the degree and minute of your placement. This sounds like a small thing, but it's a very big thing. When you know the degrees and minutes of your placements, as you're listening to uh, information about different things going on, like for instance, there's an upcoming Mercury retrograde. And if you know where Mercury is going to retrograde, the degrees where it starts and where it ends, you'll be able to link that up to your chart. If you have placements, you'll know how, uh, well, placements in um, certain signs when you're listening to transits, you'll be able to tell how these placements are going to affect you depending on how they're going to interact with your chart. It could be a conjunction. It could be a trine. It could be a sextile. It could be a square. It could be a quincunx. It could be an opposition. So I challenge everybody. This is what I'm going to ask y'all to do. Try to remember the placements in your birth chart with the degree and the minute that's your homework for Virgo season to get better at this understanding astrology thing. Stay tuned. I'm going to talk to sidereal astrologer Pamela Jones in a chat and chill session. Be right back. Welcome back to another episode of the Spiritual Gangsta Certified Podcast. I am your host, Illy Bish or Janae Jones. I answer to either. Illy Bish is my pen name. It's a paid name. Check that out. Oh, Freudian slip. <laughs> but I'm so happy um, to be back up here for another chat and chill session. Today is a very special one because I talk about astrology all the time to people, but I usually talk about Western astrology. I have a wonderful guest here today by the name of Pamela Jones from A Cosmic Corner. And we're going to talk a little bit about astrology and some other things and the astrological journey um, that Pamela has been on for quite some time as a professional astrologer for 30 years. Say hello, Pamela. Hello. Hello, everyone. Very glad to be here on Spiritual Gangster Certified and... Uh, I think it'll be a very interesting conversation. So do I. There's a lot of things that I want to make clear to people because, I mean, my astrological journey was probably different than yours, yours, mine, but there's so many things that I, I feel that from talking to you before, um, valuable insights um, that you've learned that, you know, you can explain to people because it's important to me to make astrology practical, not just some thing. I mean, I don't expect everybody on the planet to be able to understand it or get it. It's not everyone's thing, but um, it is a very useful tool. So what actually got you studying astrology? Uh, I was always very attracted to Greek mythology and really tuned in, <clears throat> excuse me, 
to the mythology, the stories, and um, it just kind of came to me very naturally. Um, <clears throat> my mother's sister was into astrology, and I started reading her books and um, kind of really fell into it. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, as I was growing up as a teenager, there was a very famous bookstore in Harlem called The Tree of Life. Okay. And The Tree of Life was like a smorgasbord of all kinds of books that you, it had a free reading room. So it had books on Atlantis, astrology, health, um, anything dealing with the Mayans and the Olmecs, metaphysics one-on-one. -on -one. Okay. Uh, a dear uh, person who just departed uh, off from this realm, his name was Kanya. Uh, Kanya, uh, and he had this bookstore for about 10 years, and he inherited it from uh, a famous uh, man who had, whose name was uh, Michaud, and it was Michaud's bookstore right on the corner of uh, Lenox Avenue, 125th Street, okay. and that was one of the first, you know, what I guess you'd call Black History bookstores. And it also had a very famous corner, like a speaker's corner, like they have in England, okay. where Malcolm X would be talking, uh, Kwame Nkrumah. It was that center. So a lot of it was, it's very central to Harlem. You say, yeah, 125th and, and um, what's that, Lennox? Yeah. So... He had it for about 10 years, and I would go back and forth and do a lot of readings. Now, this is the time, um, around the time of my senior year in high school, I met my future astrology teacher, whose name was Dr. Shin. Okay. And his, uh, <clears throat> I knew his daughter. Thankfully, he lived in the neighborhood. I could walk to his house. And he gave me, you know, all the astrology information. So that's how I learned how to construct the chart. Now, this is way before computers. Software. You literally oh, yeah. had, right. So you had to have an ephemeris, a table of houses. You had to do a few math things. And it took about an hour to construct the chart. So he showed me that um, as well as incorporating the tarot card system with astrology. So he really was very good on a foundational level and mm -hmm. you know a lot of what they call the old school astrologers. Um, certain names you may come up, Isabel Hickey, um, Charles Carter. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of um, that he introduced me and I, I just started reading. Now, when I was going to college, I was near NYU. And they had a bookstore called Wiser's, which was like premier metaphysical bookstore. There was a couple in Manhattan at the time, but Wiser's, you could go in and it had everything A to C, Gnosticism, astrology, mm -hmm. numerology. You could sit there and read. I spent a lot of time after college classes, bought a lot of books, and I had some very good friends there who were like my metaphysical teacher. One in particular, Gene Campbell, Bless the Dead. 
he was very good in introducing me to what they call hermetic science. Yeah. Okay, so the whole ancient Egyptian pantheon. And so he would talk to me and we could really kind of go in. So through that time period, I was kind of devouring all the astrology stuff I could find. Um, I was not satisfied, though, in the sense that some stuff just didn't seem exact enough to me. It still okay. left a lot of leeway. So in my travels and studies, I uh, met a man who was a very, very much into ancient Egypt or ancient Kemet culture. Okay. His, name, his name was uh, Heru Ankara Samaj from the Shrine of Ptah. And he was a jeweler. But he was the first one to talk to me about a particular astrologer. His name was Cyril Fagan. I okay. And he went back in the research and really connected astrology back to its ancient roots of Egypt and the Sudan okay. and showed that we have we should shift to what we call sidereal astrology. Mm-hmm. Now, sidereal astrology and tropical, the difference is one, the sidereal is in alignment or shifts to what is astronomically accurate. Mm-hmm. So in other words, this time period, which we call Leo, sidereally, it's really in the per- uh, area of what we call cancer. Right. There's about a 20, now a 25 degree difference between both systems. So people that are born on the cusp, like myself, um, I am a Gemini in both systems. Okay. But if I was born maybe 10 days earlier, I'd be like a, a Taurus. So I could see, the, I, I, either way, but things shift once you go to the other planetary, um, all the planets. Like let's say tropically, my moon would be in Virgo, but sidereally it would be in Leo. So not only is there a shift of the planets into a different element, nine times out of 10, the planetary rulerships over uh, the houses shift. Right. Now, in ancient Egypt, Libra ruled the first house as, as opposed to Aries, okay? So when you flip everything, it, it starts to make sense. If you think of Libra, the face, Venus, beauty, hair, the neck was Scorpio. And a lot of times, if you wanted to take somebody out, you'd have to go for the, the jugular. <laughs> okay. This resonates just because, so, you know, um, tropically, I'm a Libra rising. Right. So, like, as you're talking about this, you're you're speaking my chart to me. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. no, I understand. Go ahead. <laughs> right. So, all the way through, even to the 12th house, having a Virgo connection as opposed to Pisces. So, it took a while. I'd say it took me about really 10 years to kind of shift in mindset and keep testing it back and forth, saying, okay. okay and finally saying, you know what? I got to go sidereal. So it was a process, but it was a validating process every step of the way to say, okay. So, 
and 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 sidereal astar- astrology was just kind of coming out on mm. the western tip now okay. we've always had sidereal astrology when it comes to hindu astrology or exactly. vedic right or jyotish but that is it has its own for lack of a better term, peculiar out peculiar allergies. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to say it now and I'm gonna mess it up. So I ain't even gonna try. <laughs> so um but it has it can be very accurate. You know, right. you have the moon mansions. It's actually a very lunar astrology. Mm. They don't pay as much attention to the sun. It's really the moon. And they have the nashakras and a few other odds and ends um even the language like for example guru is jupiter in sanskrit buddha is mercury in sanskrit so sometimes for the average westerner a lot of concepts don't translate over because you know it's kind of a sanskrit based i think right but it's it's very accurate but they only stay to the planets up to saturn they don't recognize uranus neptune pluto right the culture is a lot more i guess what they call agricultural and it's very very spiritual so some things will translate well into what they call the west and then other things won't but vedic astrology is is very valid um, there's a, uh, a woman in Texas. Her name is Joni Patrice. She has something called the Galactic Center. So she's straight Vedic. Okay. okay. Um, the o- other thing with Vedic is that they keep the Aries rising sign, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily ascribe to that. I see okay. how because at the time that astrology started being uh, looked at in the West, Aries was actually on the spring equinox. Now that has now shifted to Pisces. It's about five degree Pisces around March 20th in terms of what that shift. In about 300 years and change, it's going to officially shift into what they call Aquarius. And that's when the age of Aquarius begins. Now we're in the dawning of the age of Aquarius. So it's like, it's right close to the horizon. So mm. we're very close, but we're not quite there. But we I hear are- a lot of people talk about, like there's so many different people talking about when that begins, when it, some people think we have been there. It's, it's interesting to me to be able to hear um, everyone's perspective and why they are stating what they are stating. You know what I mean? As far yes. as the age um beginning a lot of people are not even familiar with the different ages and um tracking them through time that's another thing you have to do a lot of research and looking into history and different things to be able to speak on these things and a lot of people don't know that right and even in what they call hindu astrology you have something they call the ayanamsa which is that point which we consider because the degree because this isn't like a perfect circle you have a slight drift going backwards. And that goes with what we call the precession of the equity agents. Right. So let's say pharaonic Egypt, that March 20th equinox point, that period was in Taurus. 
And then it shifted around the time of what we'll call the patriarchs or the shepherd kings shifted to Aries. And then what we call the common era, which is alluded to uh, Jesus and his his ministry, that was a beginning of a shift to Pisces. But even that Pisces point didn't necessarily come at his, what we call zero AD or gotcha. AD. it actually yeah. happened about the year 278 where you mm. was officially officially the age of Pisces I see so you know it's those kind of things and you start to see the symbolism change that from the the Lamb of God to the fishers of men and even the Virgin Mary, or the Virgin, because that's a polarity, Pisces, Virgo. With Virgo. Mm-hmm. Right. So the the, the, the the language or the imagery started to change as you started to see the slow shifting of this procession of the equinox. I see. And I did want to mention, too, for the audience listening, um, when I talked to them about what drew me to astrology, it's, it's interesting to hear your story because it makes me think of so many different things with symbolism that have come up over time and why it was important to me to understand the different sorts of astrology. I think what drew me to Western, I was watching random YouTube videos years ago. I started coming across videos uh, by a man named Santos Fanacci, mm-hmm. who basically does something called syncretism and he's linking, you know, everything, any story you could tell, any any um person (laughs) you know you could link to astrology and i started to see that you know western tropical astrology was based basically on weather Mm -hmm. and as i was learning about different things because i've always been familiar with sun sign but i'm like well how did these characteristics come to be like you know how people will say oh insert sign here is so this way i'm like if you can't describe to me (laughs) how you came up with that, like where's that coming from, then I kind of look at things skeptically. So he helped me to be able to understand qualities that I was seeing ascribed to different signs with the season in which they're happening. Um, Even explaining like basically the story of Jesus as the sun traveling from Aries to Pisces and back to Aries. So that like drew me in and I was like, I don't know why I'm interested in this, but it feels like I'm remembering something. Mm -hmm. Like I did this before, like I was involved in it before, and I, I just felt like very swooped in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, with your journey um, in making the transition from Western to Sidereal, what was the most difficult part of that for you? Well, um, I have found that at some point it's like either or. Hmm. that you're going to have to leave one and embrace the other. Um, And um, trying to figure out, can I keep both? Now, what I've come to is that I have shifted to sidereal, but Hmm. I try to make a bridge so that people can find the bridge to the sidereal origin. And okay. I'm, I found it in the earth sign. 
So the earth sign for me, once I help people get their true sidereal earth sign, it helps mm. them bridge to what they know traditionally as their sun sign. Right. So I see what you mean. So like from what I understand, I just want to make sure that I'm on the same page as you. When we're speaking of our earth sign, that would be the opposite of my Western tropical sun sign, correct? Yes, but now okay. it can do it siderially. Okay. For example, today, if someone was born today, they would be known as a Leo. Now, but siderially, the sun is in Cancer. So what's the opposite of Cancer? Capricorn. Capricorn. But what is the relationship between Leo and Capricorn? the fourth house because in um, what they call judicial astrology and Taurus is the beginning of that Leo is the fourth house okay okay so the whole thing of a man's home is his castle um, the whole thing of the house of let's say the house of Johnson or the house of Tripoli that okay. It relates to the fourth house. It relates to the father. The father. Being the kingdom. The fourth the house kingdom. is their his kingdom. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. I got so that. in sidereal astrology, Capricorn has the rulership of the fourth house. So we, we think of real estate. We think of the father, um, government, seat of government. So that became the link between Leo and Capricorn. So. Okay. I, I can help people kind of connect to similar energies and stuff and saying, okay, and then bring it back up to their sun sign cancer. So it's almost like an indirect connection. Oh, I see. No, I, I, I like the way that you did that. <laughs> I need things to like connect or if they're not connecting, I try to make them connect. So I see, I like how that was done to, you know, bring someone around to understanding in this different system, you know? Right. So that fourth house is like the area and Leo and Capricorn have something to say about it. So it's a similar space. So I found that that was like a good connection to help people uh. align themselves with, with the proper energies. And the other thing too is I found that the sidereal thing makes things more simpler you know, you don't have to go through a whole lot of rigmarole. Well, I need to know the decadence and I got to do the duads. And, you know, it complicated a situation where if you just went sidereal, the patterns become simpler. And then when I express it to people, think, things just link up. It's not like a whole rigmarole. As, as long as you have, you know, right birthday, right time. Although I do have a system that if somebody doesn't know their time of birth. You rectify, I, can, I was just about to ask you. <laughs> well, it's not quite rectification, but it's something that I can work with. And um, because that's that's a study in and of itself, you know, proper rectification. But if yes, I don't have, right. But if I don't have that time, I can still give you some real good valid information and still position you in the scheme of things. Okay. Of course, the time definitely helps, but if you don't have it, we can still do some stuff. And some people's times are inaccurate. <laughs> you know, it's funny. My astrologer really didn't know what date of his birth date was. 
Wow. You know, but still felt like there was just enough in the astrology to say, like, I got to, I still got to study. So that I found very interesting, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when we have support systems like the tarot cards, like he taught me the system of each, okay, are you familiar with the term decadent? Yes, I use them all the time. And I use the wise. Right. So in this system, there's a a card for each decadent. Okay. All right. So for example, and let's say if somebody was a Virgo, you got the eight of of pentacles, nine of pentacles, 10 of pentacles. That's the assignment of Virgo. So even those, like, let's say the eight of pentacles is a sun in Virgo. Uh, correspondence. So sometimes I've even used like if somebody has their son in Virgo, I'm like, okay, Eight of Pentacles is there. If their Jupiter is in Libra, that correlates to the Four of Swords. All right. So that's okay. a whole nother understanding in terms of how you can, in terms of you managing that uh, energy because it it relates to the Kabbalah. It's all Kabbalistic. Okay, so this was a Kabbalistic system that I used to incorporate astrology, tarot cards. And then what I've noticed over the years, numerology, if someone is born on a particular date, for example, today, August August 10th, for example, Mm -hmm. the sun is very prominent in their chart. It's either in their first house, seventh house, you know, it's something that's usually th- that energy of the sun is is very strong. So that's another kind of signature that helps to delineate or another bit of information to uh, you know, it's like another little um, tool that you can use to help you again realign yourself with the cosmos. Okay. Okay. I, I love learning about different systems and how people use them because I see all the time. Um, there was a time when I was getting into astrology deeper, where I was trying to debunk it because I'm I'm a skeptical person at times. And what I learned was I had to learn more if I was going to try to debunk such a thing. Um, I came across a lot of um, different things. Like um, there's, I think I saw it on Netflix but it may have been somewhere else, you know, where there are regular people trying to debunk astrology. And one of the first things that they bring up is that they're, oh, astrologers can't even agree on what system to use, like type of thing. Um, They kind of touched on, you know, the ages and the profession, but it didn't really sound like they were understanding that like, Western astrologers understand that their system is based on basically weather in the Northern Hemisphere, 360 degrees, each borrowing names of the signs from the actual constellation, assigning 30 degrees apiece to them. But they didn't address that at all. They just made it seem like, you know, we're at war. (laughs) And that this thing that we um, practice can't be valid or um, isn't real because we can't even agree. So that's why I think it's important to have these conversations because when people see specials like that, that may have had um, some sort of interest in astrology, that may be very off-putting. It may make people be like, 
well, they can't even figure it out, then what do I need to get into that? But um, as far as that is concerned, what do you think about how astrology is presented to the masses in terms of people trying to discredit it? I mean, we can take into account the different systems, but just how you personally feel about it, I guess. Um, well, I understand why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, all your big time astronomers were originally astrologers. And so they got into the astronomy so they could kind of tighten up their their tables and make more accurate predictions. So I don't care if you talk about Newton. I don't care if you talk about um, uh, Copernicus. uh, You know, you could just run it down the line. You know, it's also kind of the thing with astrologers, you know, they officially they're against it, but on on the down low, they're visiting their astrologers, you know. So, you know, it's like the old speakeasies, you know, people had their little drinking spots, but they couldn't really let anybody know. But all the people know, mayors, governors, you know, they all had their spot. So we're in a certain level, astrology. Now, of course, you have had, you know, of course, there's always the fraudsters. Of course. And so on a certain level, you know, it became fortune telling Um, as well as, you know, in 1500, 1600 times, if you started talking a certain way, you know, they'd burn you at the stake. Oh, yeah. And one particular guy, Giordano, Giordano Bruno, you know, he rolled up against the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Now, the Vatican has the largest astrological library in the world, mm-hmm. period, end of story. They had their own astrologers. But when you started to challenge them and he was talking all this smack, you know, and they just snatched him and burnt him. So, you know, of course, the cow and even Galileo had to. Yeah. You know, so you had a lot. It was a very, um, you know, it was it was definitely a scary thing. Um, You know, also the whole issue of magicians and and people that deal with magic and using astrological time periods. That gave it a bad connotation, as well as at that time. We're talking 1700s, 1600s. Now going into 1700s, you know, it's the age of enlightenment. Oh, we've got to, you know, dismiss all of this fortune telling and tomfoolery, you know. So I understand the skepticism, um, but recognizing that if you really realign things you find that uh, things make a whole lot of sense. And and let's face it, this may be, let's say, America's perspective, but astrology in Europe goes, I mean, they, they, it's on a whole nother level. Certainly, okay. you know, a whole nother level of respect for astrologers. Certainly in a place like India, whole nother way of approach, all these ancient places, Persia, the Near East, um, even in terms of uh, what we call Islam or Islamic deep astrologers. Yeah. 
started to put together the records and and chart and I mean they created ephemerids. So um it's really who who you're talking to. Um thankfully we're in a time where a lot of you know you can tell the folks that are like the skeptics and I encourage skepticism. I'm like, yes, be as skeptical as you want to be. <laughs> but you know point for point if you do the thing right, I think you'd be very pleasantly surprised. That's exactly that's exactly what I think. Because the more I learned, uh, the more I paid attention, the more I understood, and the fact that I'm a digital pack rat. So I have all sorts of emails and conversations and backed up texts from years ago. And I learned I could literally pull a chart from when something was happening and be able to see once my understanding grew wow no there's something here so astrology works like just because people want to say oh no that's a pseudoscience it, it doesn't work it's like how do you know it doesn't work if you don't understand it and then they think they can google stuff for five minutes and debunk you and i'm like you're ridiculous stop <laughs> like why are you doing this right and also you know you've got a, a very a strong religious bias that yeah. really don't want to hear it and, you know, puts all kind of devilment or what have you on this. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I don't, I'm not going to really, I mean, I respect because it has its people who do it on a dark magic, magic level. I mean, if you get the right information, you could, you could do a lot of damage. That is true. That is true. So I understand that, but at the same time the bible is one of the most astrological books if you if you look at it right certainly yep. if you know the book of job very astrological um i actually have an app that will come out very shortly called scriptural astrology and i have at least a hundred references in the bible that speaks to astrology and i just okay. itemize it so when you put and the book of Job is the oldest book of the Bible, all right. Period. End of story. So, not only that, but even like what they call the Gnostic books, which is let's say the Book of Enoch, mm -hmm. real astrological, you know, and um, that is a that is a deep dive in and of itself. So I kind of, you know, respect. I don't really get into astrology. I, I, I call myself the reluctant astrologer only because, you know, when you roll up on these really dogmatic or, uh, you know, let me see, Bible thumping folks, you know, some of them really get the pitchforks out and want to oh, yeah. take you out. So I'm like, oh, yeah. On my page, and I don't even know how these people wind up on an astrologer's page. Right, <laughs> right. Um, I'll pray for you. I'm like, please keep your prayers. Like, I, I, I'm not going to get into the back and forth because when someone is committed to their belief system, which is another thing, I don't necessarily look at astrology as a belief system. So I, I don't like when people tell me I believe in astrology. I practice astrology. But when someone's committed to a specific belief system, I don't have the energy to provide to to try to change your mind. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to do what I'm doing, 
I understand that it works. If you don't understand, that's on you. I'm not going to force anything down your throat. But they get very vicious, especially online. I'm like, like damning people to the deepest parts of hell um, just for saying certain things. So it's it's unfortunate, but you, the best thing to do is not to engage. That's right. And I mean, if you really got into even the astrology that connects with with the the story of Jesus, I mean, on a certain, you know, we know that on it's an allegory of the sun, you know, and um, you know, like I said, I don't proselytize, you know, I don't push my astrology beliefs. I'm not evangelical that way, but I will, you know, speak up, talk about it. But, you know, if I find that it's kind of a hostile environment, I'm out of there. You know what I'm saying? Cause I don't As you well know. you should be. Right. You ain't cutting my head off. You know what I'm no. saying? <laughs> Did you notice? And I, I, I saw this happening a lot. Um, the nodal transit of the North Node, Gemini, South Node, Sagittarius. I ran into more people standing on their soapbox um, and really not wanting to be open to additional ideas, not wanting to hear anything that anyone said, being singular minded, one goal in mind, and just refusing to listen. Like that was the time period where I got more engagement um, online from people who have their belief systems and decide to share them so nicely with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It really was. Um, but with that in mind and navigating this sort of landscape online, can you let everybody know what, what it is that you offer as far as your services? Yes, thank you. Um, I have my signature, which is a coaching program, coaching service. Um, I'm kind of reorganizing it. Um, I have a coaching program that if you want to kind of replicate me in terms of becoming a consultant in whatever your uh, need is, whether it's astrology or maybe you have a a strong numerology or tarot um, strength, um, certainly holistic health, um, I can help you to package yourself as a consultant. Um, the, another component is just being a life coach using my astrology and addressing whatever those issues are. Um, I also, so that's like my signature thing. If somebody wants to um, deal with my services as a coach, okay. um, I also do readings uh, in terms of your astrology chart as a basis Uh Another one, which is like your health or psychic self-defense, psychic, uh, psychic self-defense, psychic health, uh, going into that and how to, um, from a holistic healing perspective. And I do transit so I can do, uh, what is coming up in the next three months, what you can anticipate. So I have various packages, um, and I try to... Even if you just have, let's say, a basic, you just want a basic reading and Mm -hmm. we do a Zoom and I just kind of give you a basic overview. And then from there, you can build on, um, you know, like a smorgasbord, a la carte, got this, 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 or come for my um, coaching program. And that's real 
extensive and covers a whole lot of things. And that would be at the cosmic corner consultant.com. Yes, the cos well, yes, the cosmic corner consultant.com. They can reach me there or they can reach me by email, which is a cosmic corner at gmail.com. That would be one of my best emails that they can reach me at. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, as astrology starts to get more and more popular, um, and as we're seeing things where, I mean, I'm glad to see astrology be so prevalent. Like, I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining completely. But at the same time, I just feel like there's so many people that don't know what they're talking about. And because we live in a culture where I, I think we're reliant more upon having a short attention span. You know, videos are shorter, songs are shorter, you know, so people think, you know, not that you can't learn a lot from a TikTok, it just depends on whose TikTok it is and, you know, what they're saying. But um, with all of that coming up these days, as far as someone being able to know what they're talking about, what would you recommend for astrological study? Of course, you know, someone could obviously come to you and receive coaching, but like for reading or where should they be looking to if they're going to follow in the path astrologically that you're on? Okay. Um, well, thankfully I came into my astrology and I went for a lot of old school astrologers. Okay. Um, I like that book. Uh, there's an astrologer named Liz Green. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her book, The Astrology of Fate, is very fundamental. Okay. Um, she's a little bit more of a... And then there's another woman. Her name is uh, Isabel Hickey, Astrology of Cosmic Science. Okay. Um, now... You know, just getting familiar with your most famous, or not famous, but your most uh, accessible mythology, for me, is Greek mythology. Right. You really get an understanding of Greek mythology. You'll start to understand the archetypes. Yeah. Okay. Um, some people lean it more to let's say the Celtic mythology or the Hindu mythology or even Yoruba mythology mm. Yoruba is very um, in terms of the, the, the archetypes, the personages Shango uh, Jupiter energy Oshun, Venus energy Yemaya yeah. so if you know those stories, you can start to make the correlations. If right. your thing is Hindu, okay, then of course, um, uh, Chandra is another sign of the moon. Um, again, we talked of Mercury. You know, they have a whole cosmogony. And if it, it depends really what you resonate with, you know. Um some people like Tibetan astrology, which is kind mm -hmm. of a sidereal and Chinese astrology. Okay. But that is a little, you know, that may not be something that you can make those correlations because that really is kind of a deep dive into Chinese 
mythology, history, culture. So, you know, and then you have other folks that they are into the Mayan or Mesoamerican culture. Mm-hmm. So, um, which I'm, I'm studying and I'm seeing the correlation between what we call the Olmec Mayan Aztec and the indigenous tribes of, of, of further North America, the Creek, the Cherokee. There's a book called the Cherokee Astrology and their system of 13, 20 day, 13 sign is directly connected to what we call the Mayan astrology. It's just some of the symbology changes. So instead of uh, a crocodile, maybe they have a snake or if there's a, you know, so some things change, but it's, it's very similar. It's still based on that 2013, 260 cycle that goes back thousands and thousands of years. So I think the one way is to really get into the stories, mm-hmm. understand the stories. And then when you get into the chart, now this is just, you know, thankfully in these days and times, you got computer programs. Yeah. So <clears throat> even the asteroids, you know, that I find very helpful. Yeah. And you know, the asteroids may point to even other kind of cultural experiences that may resonate with you depending on your ethnic background. Right. You know, I mean, even in terms of what we call the Near East or the biblical, you know, biblical astrology is deep in and of itself. And there are certain authors that specialize in that. Um, There's actually a book called Astrological Secrets of the Hebrew Sages, written by a rabbi, okay? Mm. So if if you know, because <clears throat> out of the Bible, there's stories, there are archetypes, but they're representing principles. So if you can recognize <clears throat> the astrological principles that they're talking about, even let's say the 12 tribes of Jacob, Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a direct astrological. The twelve apostles, you right? There again. So it depends what your reference is. And with those it. references, you're encouraging people to read. So, like, and, and when I say that, I mean books. <laughs> like, right. um, not simply. I'm not saying you can't learn a lot from videos and different things. It's a combination of a lot of different things. But being able to connect to archetypes is extremely important and i love how you brought up that there's so many different ways we can do that culturally and now that you can you can see the alignment when you see it it's almost like you feel it um like it comes together for you something washes over you that goes you know you're seeing the pattern astrology is for people who pay attention so I, i like the suggestion that you gave i love greek myths when i was a little kid it was one of the things that, I mean, I, I was an avid reader anyway, but it was one of the things that when it was presented in school as, oh, we need to cover this, I'm like, I already read it. <laughs> I had a mom that was constantly bringing me home books and stuff, and it was just like, when I realized how some of these things tied in, I was like, that makes such sense. Like Jupiter, Jupiter's energy, Zeus's energy, people laugh when I say this, but I mean, when you read some stories, kind of doing some things that like why are you doing that so like i'll 
try to tie things in together for people. They'll talk about, for example, Sagittarius men, men with heavy, heavy Sagittarius energy. And then I'll be like, well, <laughs> you know, and tying it into Jupiter, he made himself appear out of nowhere. He can make himself appear. He's seducing women. He's having children. Meanwhile, poor Juno. Poor her. Well, poor her. But Juno. But not really. Juno got her issues too. She do. That no, that's what I'm saying. So like, but when you bring up people's charts, like when I'm giving readings, I reference these archetypes because I'm not one of those people who gives a reading and says, just tells you what I see. I tell you how I derive that conclusion. I'm trying to teach people some astrology because charlatans. I want people to be able to know when people know what they're talking about. So when you can tie these things together, but yeah, Juno wasn't innocent, but. But also we got to recognize that Juno represented the ancient matriarchal culture yeah. that got overthrown by the Zeus patriarchal culture. Yeah. So their fighting really comes from the matriarch versus the patriarch. Okay. <laughs> and um, even the whole question of the Titans, who were they right. in relationship to uh, Jupiter and, and his realm and, and his dynasty. So there's a lot of things. A, a book that comes to mind when God was a woman. Okay. And so you can see the traditional um, ancient matriarchal cultures, how they did things when they peaked and when they declined, because maybe the issue became that it became too woman centric. Right. It started taking out the guys, and the guys are like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know. Just like the, we, women say we feel now under a patriarchy. You're absolutely right. We were right. innocent. <laughs> right, right. So, you know, you always have this dynamic. Now, what we call ancient Egyptian culture, that can be a, a deep dive because. You know, it, it took me a while to get into Egypt, and I went to Egypt years ago, which totally blew my head. Just, it just blew my head. You it know, blow mine when I go. <laughs> yeah, because you just can't even understand the building and the process. I mean, it blew the Greeks' mind. They couldn't get it. They had to like, well, we just gotta worship because y'all are just out there. So, even how in terms of their system of, of gods and goddesses, there was a lot of, of transformations and changes. So that requires kind of an understanding of um, what we call Egyptian culture. Like you got Hathor, but Hathor is also an aspect of Sekhmet which is another Venus energy, maybe a little more of extreme energy, mm -hmm. but Venus has different emanations. Yeah. You have the moon goddess Bast, but you also have the moon god Thoth. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me, their pantheon is a little complicated, but as you start to know the stories, things come into place. Even the whole story of Osar, or Set, or Osiris, Isis, Set, you know, and, and how that all came to back. Again, it's, it's like your own feel 
of the stories and right. how that what they were trying to communicate as far as how these astrology uh, planets worked in that particular region. Because remember, Egypt was a dry region. It was a desert Egypt uh, region. So as opposed to Mesopotamia, right. which has, you know, the Anunnaki. Now, some people vibe with what we call Mesopotamia, Babylon. Um, some of these astrology systems are very regional because that was kind of a rainy place. Um, right. A different kind of uh, spiritual evolution, you know. They, there was a lot of wars. Egypt was a little more isolated, so they could maintain a certain stability over thousands of years because people just couldn't get to them. Right. Until, you know, years, years later, even with the Greeks, you know, they was already around for 5,000 years, and the Greeks come around like, all right, let's see what we can do. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, let's see what we have here. Right, right. Yes. So, um, but it's a lifelong study. Um, you never get to the bottom of the battle. Amen. You know, so, um, and you may find you will specialize, you know, in certain areas that you vibe with. You know, judicial astrology has different kind of rules and regulations than what we call human, um, uh, personal or natal astrology. When you talk about the astrology of nations, you know, and the United States, their astrologer, certainly Benjamin Franklin, you know, and that's a Masonic component. I mean, they literally made a a, a chart for the United States based on uh, the founding, July 4th, actually, maybe even July 2nd. And that's controversial. You have yeah. I see some people say, "Well, I mean, that that's when you know independence was declared." But are we going by when people came here? When there were um, the colonies officially set up? Like, there's so many different things I see people talk about in relation to the United States actual chart. Right. I mean, for those that quote the official beginning. I've seen July 2nd at a certain time, and then I've seen July 4th at a certain time. And it's, you know, again, that's whoever's doing that research have their reasonings as to why they set it up. But they definitely set it up. And all these countries have had their resident astrologers. England definitely did. France, Germany, you know, Everybody's got their little astrologer that is helping them, you know, and it's, you know, certainly the Vatican, but a lot of stuff is kind of on the down low, for lack of a better term. Oh, yes. I believe that fully. Yeah. It's on the down low. So now, in this time, people are reevaluating everything. Okay. As a matter of fact, um, there's a guy in Russia. Um, who's revising timelines. It's like, you know, they might have added a thousand years to our timeline. And how he's figuring this out is that he's looking at the uh, tables of the eclipses. Solar eclipse, lunar eclipse. Because that, you know, and then matching that against when certain things officially happen. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, a lot of your astrologers 
you know, and, and or even these battles, you know, they put the date, they put the time, they put the weather, you know. So you wouldn't have, you would really need that unless you were an astrologer. So True. that was even a reference, you know, of course. Uh, and as you go into the more older paperwork, they don't necessarily bring that up to the more modern stuff. They conveniently drop that off. So that's going to be another other way to kind of compare notes. You know, you, you see? Yeah, um, I do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just fascinating. There's so much to it. And you're right. We're not going to hit the bottom. I'm going to forever be a student of astrology. I, I'm not going to just level up to this. I know everything and, you know, there's nothing else to learn. And that's what, to me, makes it so fascinating. And I also, like that you said, you'll have your specialties. I tell people, like, you want to be a doctor. I mean, I know there's a lot of general things that all doctors have to do, but people specialize in different things. This is a very vast study. It's very vast. Very vast. I mean, some people are in mid <clears throat> into midpoints. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big midpoint person, but I like my asteroids. I get a lot of information on asteroids. And also, you know, even 25 years ago, you know, Pluto was thought that it was just bouncing around in where it was by itself. Now we hear about what they call the Kuiper Belt. And there's hundreds, if not thousands of, you know, it's almost like another asteroid belt. And they call it the Trans-Neptunians, okay? And so now people are like, Pluto got demoted to a dwarf planet. And like, well, why Pluto got demoted? What did it do? But then you find you got other objects that are bigger than Pluto. For example, uh, the asteroid or trans-Neptunian Eris. Now that came out with Trump. Trump pulled, you know, that's how they've been monitoring. When Obama came, uh, the, uh, uh, I guess, trans-Neptunian Haumea, which was a Hawaiian goddess, became very, uh, was just discovered. So the whole... South Pacific Lemurian pantheon all of a sudden came into manifestation. But it's interesting that this Homea was discovered and then here comes Obama yep. coming through with, Hawaii. His, with Hawaii. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting the correspondences. No, but I don't believe in coincidences and mistakes and like, oh, this is just randomly happening. And I know a lot of people who would consider themselves to be primarily scientific. Um, that's what kind of gives them pause when it comes to having conversations like this. But it is so fascinating. And where can people find you on social media? Uh, a good place is um, Indigenous Astrology on Facebook. Okay. Uh, another place, I do have a YouTube channel uh, called Cosmic Corner Consulting. So they can find that. I haven't added to it. I'm I'm gonna be adding things. Good. You know, I gotta like I'm I'm new to this whole social media. Hey, well, <laughs> you can always come on here and share with us. Um Oh sure, absolutely. This is um, one of those spaces for people on that journey and wanting to connect to different things. So I I think it's so important. 
um, to include so many perspectives, especially women of color, because when I came into the astrological space on these interwebs, I really kind of felt like I was drowning because a yes. lot of times if you're a person of color, they're kind of looking at you like you don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, hold on. Right, right. There, there's so many people that I have learned from that, that provide such insight that the world needs to know about. So. Yes, absolutely. And it pays to be an open mind, you know, yeah. doesn't pay to be dogmatic about anything. And even, you know, don't squish your, your, uh, initial skepticism when it comes to astrology. I think that's very valid because yeah. the things don't really quite click. And, we, you know, we have to face it. You know, there's a lot of folks that talk a good game, mm-hmm. but they're real shallow. They they just know how to put things together. They may have been just maybe two, three years and they're like, ah, astrology, but they know the social media. So, they can promote themselves, but they're kind of lightweights. Oh, we <laughs> listen. Some of the content I've done um, on the YouTube channel has been about that. Like, I'll actually find stuff um, where you know people are claiming this or claiming that, and I'm like, whoa, whoa! I don't see the astrological acumen here. Right, like, and I hate to be that way, but I notice everything. <laughs> So when, you know, I get it, if you can be flashy, that's almost with like any profession or um, subject area these days. Like if you can handle your social media a certain way, you don't necessarily have to have substance. But I like integrity. I'm an integrous person. I didn't even come out of the astrological closet, so to speak, until I felt like I had a great handle on what I was talking about. I wasn't going to promote myself at all. I, I know people who literally just learned their birth chart like five months ago. And now are creating an astrology course, that sort of thing. So I agree with you. So your your lack of presence has nothing to do with your experience. But I would love to see you get get some content pumping. But for what you do offer, I, I advise people to connect with you via email. Like you said, what was your email address again? Yes, you can reach me at a cosmic corner. A C O S M I C corner one word at gmail.com i have a few emails um but that's that's a good one to reach me at right okay now. And, and then your uh, website the cosmic corner consultant right and um right but check me on the email first because i'm kind of revising and i might add another email um another website um, but yes, I do plan um, to expand on uh, Instagram as well as uh, fan base. That's new TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's just you know that's a job in and of itself to just oh, maintain, I know. <laughs> just maintain social media presence. Yeah, I know. But listen, <laughs> it gets difficult. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have to go post. In 3,000 different places. Right. Yes. But I'm, you know, I think this is a very exciting time. Very good time to get some information. Of course, there's a lot of uh, distractions Mm -hmm. and getting people in a very fear base. But recognizing that the earth is going through an upgrade and a spiritual evolvement. And so if we kind of keep at least 
navigate a path of a fifth di- di- dimensional pathway, mm-hmm. you know, we can kind of keep out of a lot of uh, problem areas, or at least knowing how to weather the storms. Mm. So, you know, people see all kinds of things going on, and I admit it looks pretty scary out there sometimes, but uh, know that like you said, integrity and sincerity. Those elements are very protective. And with your own spirit guides and, 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 and seeking the truth, that is protective in and of itself. We are protected out here. Yes. Sort of walking that integrity. And I, I just, astrology helped to save my life as it helped me to understand things at a time where nothing made sense. <laughs> like literally nothing made sense. It gave me a way to quantify and qualify events, behaviors, my own habits. It made me face myself. It, 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 it did so much for me. It pulled me out of being a victim, out of continued victimhood. Um, so I'm really committed to sharing it and and how it can be used to help other people do that and that's that's so important to me that's why i'm so grateful that you said you would come on and that you joined me because it just feels good to be able to have these sorts of conversations with people in a world where some of this is like foreign to people so i appreciate you so much (laughs) you're very welcome and i'm certainly open to future podcasts um you want to specialize in anything than conversation, I'm more than happy to come on. Good, because I, I have some things planned and coming where we just, we need people. And even to be able to interact, um, so to do this live, uh, because people's questions, um, it's the only way they're really going to get answered in a decent time. So yes, I will certainly seek you out for that. I can't wait. Great, great. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Spiritual Gangsta Certified Podcast. Make sure to stay tuned because we're going to be returning the Astro G Ladies Roundtable and a lot of other special episodes. You don't want to miss it. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Spiritual Gangsta Certified Official, on Instagram at Philadelphia Vish and at Spiritual Gangsta Certified on Twitter at Philadelphia Vish. And my YouTube channel is Spiritual Gangsta Certified. Also, make sure to follow on TikTok, username Spiritual Gangsta Official. And of course, the podcast, which is available on nine platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For my podcast homepage, you can go to anchor.fm slash spiritual gangsta certified. Peace.